I'm Sarah Heiner, president of Bottom Line Inc., the number one provider of expert sourced, expert vetted, expert advice that empowers your life. I'm thrilled to be talking today to biological anthropologist, Dr. Helen Fisher. Dr. Fisher is a research professor of anthropology at Rutgers University in New Brunswick, New Jersey, and she's the chief scientific advisor to the online dating site, Match.com. She's conducted extensive research and written six books on the evolution and future of human sex, love, marriage, gender differences in the brain, and how your personality styles shape who you are and who you love, including The First Sex, is one of the books, and Anatomy of Love, A Natural History of Mating, Marriage, and Why We Stray. She's also the creator of the NeuroColor Personality Screening Test, which uses the neuroscience behind personality to provide a powerful, fresh perspective on organizational effectiveness. And you can learn more about Dr. Fisher and all of the many things that she works on at HelenFisher.com. So welcome, Helen. Thank you for being here. I'm delighted, Sarah. Thank you. And we're going to talk about gender differences, but I just want to give you a plug for a moment on your NeuroColor Personality Screening Test uh-huh. because... You were dead on. You absolutely nailed me. Isn't so, that a thrill? I mean, it's it, you know. I mean, the reason I think that this ad has been so successful. By the way, I think you know that it's been for, over 14 million people have taken this my questionnaire in uh, 40 countries. And um, what's really interesting, and I'm really analyzing the data, that's for sure. But what what makes this personality questionnaire so different from any other one on the planet? is that I start, I build this from my understanding of the brain, how the brain works. And then I validated the results by putting people into brain scanners using fMRI and proving that the measurements that I'm taking in the questionnaire are actually um, uh, uh, associated with particular brain activity. That's why it works. I mean, (laughs) as a scientist, you know, you, you start out finding some some basic sort of themes in nature. I mean, you know, there's patterns to nature, patterns to culture, and patterns to personality. And that's what I've stumbled on. Well, it works. It was so dead on. So, Good, sweetheart, and thank you very much. And I'm sitting here <laughs> looking at your chart right at the moment. <laughs> All right. Well, let's apply that chart and ap- apply who I am. And here's what I really want to talk to you about today. Um, expert in women's brains and men's brains. I want to talk about the gender battle that's going on in society right now because I'm really concerned about it and I think that they're heading down a dangerous path that there's there's this drive toward the homogenization of humanity and in my mind that's a dangerous thing and that we are going to lose out societally and and culturally if they really want to head down that path so let's talk about that today okay Absolutely, and I entirely agree with you. And there's no scientific uh, data that to suggest that men and women are a lot alike. I mean, as I've mentioned to you, men and women are like two feet. We need each other to get alike, but we are not alike for you know because for millions of years, men and women did different jobs, and natural selection you know selected out individuals who didn't do a good job selecting for men who have really some very fine abilities and women who have some very fine abilities and what's so beautiful about right now is women are piling back into the job market bringing with them some very powerful uh, 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 talents uh, that originated millions of years ago on the grasslands of Africa and are going to be of tremendous power today but when we whitewash over all of that data and pretend that men and women are exactly like we're really throwing out a true understanding of how superb 
the female brain is. But they really, yeah, the women are in this, I'll call it weird fight. Like they're, they're fighting against something, but it's almost like they're fighting against the wrong enemy. And to me, there's almost two concepts that have been conflated. There's the gender equality, the Me Too movement that has that has gotten so big in the last few years, the sexual harassment, which is absolutely a major problem that's gone on for way too long and needs to be addressed. But then there's also the sexual identity issues, which uh-huh. um, people confusing them, you know, confusing people challenging the traditional male female female gender assignment. And uh-huh. then to me, that's all been lumped together into this one whole big movement called can we please anthropomorphize everybody and just have this one human element yeah it's so interesting because you know women are legitimately scared i mean for a long period of time during our hunting during our agricultural past you know people believed that women were weak and and not as smart as men and that's not true and a lot of women are fighting against those old stereotypes and i absolutely i'm sure you do uh you know sympathize with that but as you say, along with that, they are um, uh, taking away some of women's wonderful talents when they assume that they're just exactly like men. Right. So let's talk about what those differences are. And obviously, you know, there's the men are stronger, women are, you know, don't have the same musculature. But you, in the first sex, you talk about the brain development of women. Yeah. And it was really well, fascinating to me that hormonally, that the brains literally physically develop differently at each stages in the womb based on the, right. hormone, the hormones being released. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because yeah, it's so fascinating. Yeah, it's called fetal uh, estrogen and fetal estrogens and female testosterone and other androgens. And as they sweep over uh, the brain while the, uh, you know, while the embryo is developing, it will build um, some architectural structure differences in the male and female mind. Now, everybody's going to be different. I never met two people who are alike. We, all women have some male talents. All men have some female talents. Uh, Etc. But on average, uh, the female brain is better connected. There's more uh, wiring connecting the two hemispheres of the brain, and there's some data that there's more wiring connecting factories in the back of the brain with the front of the brain in the female mind. The male brain, as fetal testosterone is wandering off uh, over it, uh, washing over it, it makes the brain more compartmentalized. Uh, and they're both good ways of thinking. But, um, you know, men will say women are scatterbrained, women will say men are tunnel vision. In some respects, um, women have what I call web thinking. They are better at, when they collect data, they collect more details. Uh, they put those details into more complex patterns. They may weigh more variables when they're trying to figure something out. They see more options and solutions. Women generalize, they synthesize. They take a broader, more holistic, more contextual, more long-term perspective what I call web thinking. And men, because of this brain architecture, uh, they tend to do more step thinking. They get rid of data that they think is uh, not useful to them and focus, they focus on the goal. And they're both very good ways of thinking, um, but they need to put their heads together. And when women pile into the job market, what they are bringing is this contextual web thinking, this holistic view, the long-term thinking. Uh, Women also tend to be more imaginative and mentally flexible and the ability to tolerate ambiguity simply because they're collecting data from more factories from more parts of the brain. You just threw so much stuff into those <laughs> that minute and a half. <laughs> yeah, speaking so, of brains uh, working uh, on multiple uh, levels. I mean, me? so speaking of brains mul- working, women's brains working 
on multiple things at one time. You threw so much into that. So let me dissect it a little bit for, for those like me who move a little bit slower than your very, very fast brain, Helen. Um, so the, you know, talk about the women's web thinking and the men very linear. And a lot of that actually was, it, so it's the brain develops like literally physically. Anyone that talks about women and men being, I'll call it interchangeable, we're not. We really are physically structured differently. Right, and that's, that's right. right. And Architecturally, that's... the brain is built differently by the fetal estrogen and testosterone. Now, as I said, you know, there's some men who have got a lot of female traits. Actually, I think that uh, Lincoln did. Um, he was very verbally skilled. Uh, he was very empathetic. Uh, he was um, a contextual, uh, long-term thinker. Actually, I think that Bill Clinton is. Uh, um, you know, uh, the whole world knows he can't stop talking. He's very verbally skilled. He's good. Uh, emotional sensitivity to people, uh, whereas uh, somebody uh, like um, Steve Jobs is very high testosterone kind of guy. I mean, he's, he's, he was very good at sort of mechanically and in engineering, uh, and he was sort of very tough-minded, uh, skeptical, uh, analytical, uh, which are traits that are built by testosterone. So we know in science the traits that are linked with the testosterone system and the traits that are linked with the estrogen system. As I say, we all vary in the degree to which we express them, but on average, women do express this web thinking, uh, imagination, mental flexibility, uh, intuition. We now know what the biology of that um, because of, of, of the estrogen uh, dousing <laughs> right. in the womb and through life. And some of this goes back to, to me, the easiest way to even think about it or, or make it into a concrete understanding goes back to caveman, right? Men hunters. Absolutely. Men I mean, hunters, women the years, gatherers. These little hunting and gathering groups. And men really had two jobs. One, to go out, sit in a tree, sit behind a rock, and try and hit that buffalo uh, in the head with a rock. And um, so they were very focused. Uh, they were very goal-oriented. They were very spatially skilled. If they didn't find, if they didn't track the animal, they didn't kill it, and they didn't bring home any meat, and then they had to sleep on the couch, uh, and they didn't have as many babies. And we selected in the male brain for, uh, on average, uh, uh, superior skills in, 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 in being analytical. Uh, they tend to be logical, direct, uh, decisive, tough-minded, and good at what we call rule-based systems, everything from mechanics to engineering to computers to math to even music. Actually, music is very structural. And then again, uh, for millions of years, women had the, 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 the large responsibility of raising small, helpless uh, infants. And for that, they needed good verbal skills, good social skills. They needed to think long-term, contextually. Uh, they needed some uh, intuitive sense of, I mean, the baby's not going to tell you what's wrong with it. You've got to figure it out by putting together a lot of different facts and then making an assumption, and uh, you hope you get it right. Uh, and so for millions of years of men doing different jobs, we selected for some different skills on average in men and women. Right, and women also, at the simplest form also, while we were out there gathering nuts and twigs, we were vulnerable yeah. to predators. So the women needed to to make noise to keep the the animals away and needed to That's constantly <laughs> well it's funny i went on a hike many years years ago with with my husband and there were, there had been a bear sighting and bears you know don't really like it was a black bear so they're relatively benign but they don't like people around yeah. and i was literally singing as we're going down the path and my husband said what are you doing shut up 
because he wanted to be quiet in the woods. And like, I'm keeping the bears away. And sure enough, we came around a corner and there was a bear, a mama bear and baby bears about 100 yards ahead of us. So, yeah. Um, that you are absolutely correct because I've done I've done a lot of hiking myself and the one thing that they tell you particularly in Alaska where the bears sleep in the trail and they're grizzly bears uh, um, you keep blowing that whistle you just keep on talking right. I think it's a great idea yeah uh, uh, you know I mean women are more verbally skilled I mean for millions of years they held that baby in front of their faces cajoling it reprimanding it educating it with words and because women are smaller than men. Uh, they've had to cajole men too, and we do it with words. I mean, I've had a friend of mine say, you know, even I know when I'm right, she wins the argument because she's just more verbally skilled. And indeed, women uh, have what they call executive social skills. They tend to have not only linguistic skills, but they're very good at reading posture, gesture, uh, tone of voice, and faces. And so they're picking up all of this data um, that men often miss. And then, of course, they say something that appears intuitive, but what they've really done is just collect an awful lot of, um, you know, data about the people around them, and and then they are, with their very well-connected brain, assembling all this data, generalizing, synthesizing, and understanding who somebody is quite rapidly. They've had to do it. They've had to do it for a million years, and they're going to bring it to the job market, which they're doing now, and add tremendous, uh, um, you know, I mean, we are in a in a world of talking. It's true. <laughs> of but, cajoling, of, but, uh, uh, of negotiating, and of seeing systems and seeing long term. And in a world like that, the female mind is going to be a great, uh, you know, I mean, we today talk about the breadth of vision and the depth of vision and what I mentioned, steps, uh, uh, systems thinking. The female mind is really built for that. It is. The thing that, I, that in my mind I keep coming back to, because... You know, the women are bringing so much skill and all that communication and all that empathy and, and the ability to connect the groups. But I have to say, I so value as a business leader and a business person having the males as part of those teams. It's not either or. The women, if it was just women, frankly, we'd all be sitting there making these group conversations, connecting, wanting to get everybody's input. I'm, I'm generalizing here, oh, by the way, so let me just right. caveat Before that, right? That. But while, us, while all us women are sitting there making sure everyone feels good, we're not pulling the trigger on going forward. So the, no about the, the male I, decisiveness, like you, I was, no, I going to say, the male decisiveness and the male's ability to cut through a lot of, a lot of our stuff helps, you know, helps me. I love the men that are, that are surrounding me in business because while I'm touching and feeling and thinking and, and meandering through a different, different series of ideas, they'll also help me stop that and, and look forward and say, okay, decision time. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, men and women are like two feet. Uh, we need each other to get ahead. And like you, I very much like working with men because I really actually, um, they're, they're, they, they let you know who they are. <laughs> they're not as uh, socially subtle. And so you don't have to spend a lot of time guessing about how they're feeling. And I agree with you. I mean, uh, you know, women can be so interested in, you know, uh, cooperation and uh, group uh, dynamics that they can get lost in the forest and, and not get out. So, uh, and in, in fact, I wrote another book, um, called Why Him, Why Her. It's actually about love, but it's, it, it talks about four very broad styles of thinking and behaving. And, and sometimes, um, I'll put a li- on, a, a, on a slide, I'll put a list of all the traits of men, basic traits, and all the traits of women. 
And you can really see how well they work together, men being more decisive, whereas women being indecisive, um, men getting to the bottom line, men being goal-oriented, uh, mean, men being very strategic, men being very analytical. And then you've got women who say, but what about this idea and that idea, this contextual thinking and the long-term planning and the, uh, is, is extremely valuable too. And what we really need in this society is for both men and women to really clearly understand, as you're putting out today, uh, the fact that the skills of both sexes are absolutely essential to a well-run uh, business. So let me ask you a question, and I'm, I know I'm I'm skating on thin ice. So I, I'm, we're, but here's here's my question. So as there are there are people that are wanting to go, be call it, call it post gender, right? Have a post gender society. Um, will their fantasy ever come true? So that uh, acknowledging that some men have a very female side, some women have a very manly side. The the levels of their hormones. So we are all this interesting mix and and array of behaviors, right? But yeah. is the, evolutionarily, biologically, physiologically, are they ever going to meld aside from sex organs? But No, uh, right? the answer is simple. So, the brain isn't built that way. Right. So, you know that the brain has been exactly the same for the last 300,000 years? 300,000 years. It is basically not changed. Culture changes, and so people... Right. Uh, today are, you know, are dividing people into different uh, sexual orientations and et cetera, et cetera, and, and, and people, and we're, we're going that route. But, I mean, could you ever make Helen Fisher good at math? Would I ever be a good architect? Never. <laughs> I don't have those skills. Uh, could you ever make uh, uh, Trump uh, empathetic and, and sweet and, and nurturing, you know, on a large level? No. We are built with personalities. They can change to some degree. We can act out of character, indeed, but it's tiring. And uh, <clears throat> we basically, uh, you know, we were we were built to have uh, certain styles of thinking and behaving, and um, we can act out of character, as I said. But uh, no, not on any societal level. Women will still continue to be very verbally skilled. Uh, socially skilled, they will still continue to be more nurturing, more trusting, more pro-social, um, more emotionally expressive, more intuitive, better at mental flexibility, imagination, and this contextual, holistic, long-term thinking. That's facts. So, so, okay, so <laughs> meanwhile... then continue to be analytical, logical, direct, decisive, tough-minded, and good at rule-based systems. So uh, that's not going to change. And I think, though, the ultimate goal that, that Andrew should be is, again, to that there should be this equal opportunity for all and that we should just deal with each other as people. But you had said something to me um, when we were talking a couple weeks ago that women in some ways are shooting themselves in the foot as they're trying to gain, to earn this equal status. Can you explain you know, that a little? it's so complicated, um, Sarah, and it's such a minefield. And for whoever's listening to this, I mean, may they know that both you and I are very sympathetic to uh, some of the current problems of women. There's no question about it. But um, I'm a little bit worried about the fact that more and more men are getting scared. They're getting scared of mentoring a woman. They're scared of going out to lunch with a woman and talking to her about office issues when they build a team to go and do some traveling to another country or another city on business. Um, that I'm, I'm worried that they're going to be less likely to invite a woman to come along and that, I mean, nobody wants sexual harassment. I mean, nobody wants that. Nobody's voting for it, et cetera. And this movement, in many ways, is 
creating enormous awareness. Right. And it's clear it's that it's been absolutely out of control. Line, a, a downside, and that is as men fear women, uh, they're going to uh, be less interested in hiring them and working with them. Yeah, So, and it's clear that the harassment has been absolutely out of control for way too long. Like, we've seen it culturally. What the, Every other day there's something else coming out in the news about some master of the universe who has has overstepped his bounds and has has created um, either been harassing has created a hospital hostile environment there's no question that has to be solved but yes I mean what you're saying is that the backlash on this what's ending up happening is that and I've seen this with people that I know who are afraid as you say to go on a business trip with a woman to be a, a yeah. man who are afraid to go on a business trip afraid to go out to dinner or go out to lunch when it's just yeah. one-on-one and you know, I mean, you can't be both a victim and the most powerful woman in the office. It, 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 those two roles don't go together. If you're going to play the victim, then you have got to. Uh, it, it, nobody's going to believe you're powerful, and vice versa. So, uh, um, if women play victim, uh, they're going to take some unfortunate circumstances of that. So explain that to me. So that because I'm seeing a lot of the women, the women are so angry that they are jumping on the men are evil you know, theme, I'll call it, at any opportunity. And I think that that's a dangerous place. And that's what you're saying. It's a dangerous place because the more that they are us versus they, it's not about women versus men. It's how do we get to work together. Right. So, but then on you the know, flip one side, thing, although I will say, though, is I know an awful lot of women right. in business, and, um, and um, they aren't playing victim. Uh, there's an awful lot of regular women who are going to take their knocks and if they get find themselves in the wrong place at the wrong time they're going to take the consequences of it I mean you know there's an awful lot of women who are grown-ups but we do hear about the ones who are playing victim yes and one of our problems I think is in the colleges that's where I think it's really bad I mean safe spaces and trigger warnings and I mean I have a friend teaching at the Kinsey Institute and uh, at uh, Indiana University, and he teaches a class in sex and gender. And every apparently, every single time he teaches a class, he has to say to the class, "If I say anything that offends you, you know, you can leave, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Well, how are you going to learn anything if you don't hear the other side? If you don't uh, uh, get some knocks? I mean, I mean, after people get out of college, there aren't any safe spaces. So uh, I, I just think that uh, there's great, um, uh, good parts of this movement. But there's some downsides. Right. That, and I think more and more people, men and women, are realizing some of the downsides. But I don't think that they have really dared say that. And I, frankly, it's the first time that I've said it. I've thought, I've thought a long time of whether I should just stay out of this because, you know, I don't want a lynching. Uh, and on the other hand, there's something called honesty. And you and I are talking about a very powerful and important topic of the time. And maybe we can help swing it into a little bit more well, moderation where well, real sex harassers get what they... Uh, deserve and the rest of us women, uh, you know, uh, you know, step up to be the women that we really are. Well, and, and we, you know, in my day, I'm quite a bit older. I mean, in my day, if I made a mistake at college, I, I couldn't run to anybody and say he, you know, he kissed me when I didn't want to. I just said, okay, Helen, um, you won't go do that again. And I grew, I grew from it. And I think that some of our young need to do a little growing up. Yeah, well, you know, and I think going back to that, you and I really see the opportunity in this, and we want we want the movement to be successful. And if women are shooting themselves in the foot accidentally by 
making all the men around them nervous because they never know what's good, what an accusation is going to be. You talked about in the first sex, you talked about some interesting behaviors, like men will, will claim their space in a room. Like they'll put yeah. their arm on a chair, they'll spread out. And that's just who guys are. Guys are just doing the man spread thing. Yeah. And but then there are women who will take that as an affront to them. Absolutely. Right? And because it's we not, don't do that. No. There's a million times that we it's an absolute just misunderstanding. Just absolutely misinformation. It's a great point. So and then, you know, on the flip side is that women I think we're allowing you know, in spite of all the respect us kind of statements, we're allowing so much negative imagery about ourselves. Right, the media is full of it. Music is full of it. I'm laughing about this whole "baby, it's cold outside" yeah. hoo-ha that's going on. Right, and you could say that it's a risque song, but meanwhile, the the language that's going on in so much popular music, rap music, you know, self-deprecating, accusational, name-calling. Right, so women, we're allowing ourselves in some cases when we're allowing female imagery, we're allowing um, sexuality you know, images that are not necessarily flattering, that are not necessarily creating women in the light that they want it to be. No question about it, but yes. when you watch television, I tell you, so many of these TV ads make men look like idiots. And uh, men aren't comp- uh, complaining about that. Uh, uh, so I don't think it's just one-sided. Uh, yes. And I don't know, I mean, that sort of just rolls over me. I, there's just songs. Uh, I mean, men in my life treat me absolutely fine because I'm level-headed and I treat them like a grown-up. Uh, and people, I mean, people, it's a free country. You can make a song of any kind you want to. Uh, but if you then treat it as a victim, uh, you know, victim calling, then uh, then you've created a political thing from it. Yeah, but I think I, if women want to have the respect... This movement is helping men to really be aware of themselves. On the other hand, I think they're now so scared, and, and that's the problem. I mean, I was in a restaurant a few weeks ago, and I was standing in the line for the ladies' room, and this big guy bumped into me, and he sort of put his arm around me by mistake. And, he, and then he, I turned and to look at him, and, and he just, he, 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 he blanched. He was terrified of me. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I, I laughed, and I said, it's perfectly fine. It's a small space. You're trying to get around. But now they're so scared. It's so interesting because, you know, I work with Match.com, and I do an annual study called Singles in America. We do not poll the Match members. It's a national representative sample based on the U.S. Census. We've got data on over 35,000. And I actually, when I ask men and women about uh, the feminine things going on, 91% of men are perfectly happy having a woman invite them out. They're per, over 80% of men are perfectly happy having a woman to the first calling the following day to, to say thank you or uh, let's do something else. They're perfectly happy for women to initiate the, uh, the sex, et cetera, et cetera. It's women who aren't doing that. Uh, and, of course, women have long believed uh, that men should make the advances, and so they're not making them. Uh, but yet when men make them, they're really in a dangerous place. So we're in a very interesting time. It's almost like a battleship that's been going one way for so long, 10,000 years at least. And now people are trying to turn the battleship. And just like anything, you you know, I mean, when, when, a big, when there's a big cultural shift, people are going to go too far and then it will begin to equalize. And, and I think that's exciting. Well, and I think basically we're going back to the women that we were a million years ago, you know, for millions of years. 
women commuted to work to gather their fruits and vegetables. They came home with 60 to 80% of the evening meal. The double income family was the rule, and women were regarded as economically and sexually, socially powerful. And we're seeing that before our very eyes. It's a very exciting time. Then when we got to the farm, women lost a lot of their rights. Uh, and then now we're re-emerging. Half of the human population is going back into the job market, bringing all of these skills. And I find it very exciting. And I, I'm not surprised there are, are movements that uh, try to, um, you know, push the ball too far well too and it's it's such a great opportunity but as you said it has to be managed in a in the proper way or else we are going to accidentally shoot ourselves in the foot so you talked about so men men are in this very vulnerable position right They're, they can't shocker because women you know we all have our different ideas and we we share that we we have this array of ideas and and beliefs in men and we want them to read our minds and we we want them to ask us out but then we don't want them to push us around and we want to get our respect so poor men don't know how to behave and they That's don't right. know what to do they I'm are sure so women know how to behave either well they know but women at least we're like they're the women are driving this boat as you said so what do men need to do you know to protect themselves to to work you know constructively through this shift right where you know they say like they're they're the victims they're the ones that are ducking and covering right now because yeah. they don't know what they're going to get accused of next so what do men need to do to be able to be successful as this as this equilibrium returns um i i haven't really thought about this but i i, I see what you think it is i think uh, one thing that's always uh helped um <clears throat> me in the office is uh when i say to i i very often talk about my boyfriend so they know i am not available and i think men should might do that too talk about their wives put pictures of their wives introduce their mentees or men you know to their wives uh, uh, <clears throat> let let people know that they're not on the prowl that there's nothing you know um uh, untoward going on so i just think just simply letting women know uh you know um uh, men's intentions and then of course on business trips don't have a drink with them uh you know after the the dinner meeting don't go up to their room don't invite them to your room don't touch them uh well of course uh, uh you know etc open the door for them if you want you know but but don't i mean act like a gentleman yeah how That's about though they were supposed to, you know men like acting like a gentleman they like doing that and women i still like a man to be a gentleman around me i mean i get to a door and i can see a businessman begin to shrivel and he doesn't know whether to open the door for me which means one thing or let me open the door which means something else we are at a time in which all the rules have basically shifted and we got to make new ones and if the society can't do it as a whole we have to do it individually women can't play the victim and men can't play the uh uh the oppressor or the uh uh or the um the big bad wolf. <laughs> well, I think also you need to do what's right in your heart. Like if you think that in your heart the right thing to do is to open the door, open the door. Don't exactly. be afraid, right? And then you can even say to the woman, I'm just opening the door because I like to do that for all kinds of people. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's I just mean, polite. Uh, uh, a younger man may open the door for an older man. Right. Um, but just make it clear. Women are good with words. We're very good with words. I mean, for millions of years, words were women's tools in raising babies and in and in running all kinds of group uh, discussions. And um, if men can use some words and make them honest and just simply say what their intentions really are so women don't have to guess 
then women can be comfortable. And when both sexes are comfortable, they understand each other, then they can say, okay, the four of us are going on a business trip to San Francisco to discuss da-da-da-da, and we love the way you think, and we'd like to have you come too. Would your husband like to come along? You know, I mean, offer him anything. If you need their brain, you can pay for the trip for the husband too. Yes. Well, and I think also related to that, again, how do men survive? It's not just... Um, you know, in the sexual don't don't make advances and stuff. I think it's also the men understanding the skills that the women are bringing to it. So the men, you know, men That's historically essential. have dominated, right? But really, both genders need to understand, value, and respect the different skills that are bringing to that tape that that room. I always say my husband is a compliment to me. If I wanted another one of me, I don't need yeah. that. I have me. I yeah. love the fact that he's you different. You know, it's so interesting because right. I was on CNN one time, some time ago, with Christiane Anandpour, and we were talking about um, uh, Saudi Arabia, and I heard myself say, they are wasting the brains of half their population. Half their population is not, well, they're coming in slowly into the job market now, women are, but then slowly getting themselves an education. I mean, I traveled in Saudi Arabia, I don't know, about eight years ago, and, um, you know, I met this young girl. She was begging her father... Uh, to let her go to the university and then get a job in a bank. And, you know, I mean, the more we, very often, you know, I make a lot of speeches because of that book, The First Sex, and in, in, in big business company, in big companies, but it's always women in the room. I wish I were talking to the men. It's the men who can use this data. They can. Well, they, and they, they haven't had to. They haven't had to be sensitive to it. And again, we have to understand. So it's easy for us women to go, men, you need to communicate better. Yeah. Right? But men, it's not so easy for them. They don't naturally you do it. You said to me that I had to write emails all in some sort of math. Forget it. Right. So what we're happened? expecting men to be able to communicate and to use their words. But there, you know, there's a lot of stuff in your book about the men, like what they need to do for themselves and the space that they need to take and the way that their right. brains reset and how you know, women are fueled by talking things out. The running joke in my marriage, I'll say something, my husband will you know, respond, and then I'll say it again, and he'll say, we talked about that already. And I say, but I need to keep talking about it. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just a difference so that we can't expect them to naturally. We need to, to teach each other about I what those are. I think you said are. something very important. It's just a difference. I cannot tell you how many people think it's because of your mother didn't like you in your childhood or you had some sort of trauma. Well, that can happen. But the bottom line is we are blaming an awful lot of these gender differences on just childhood psychology. And indeed, they are real. Now, for example, my boyfriend and I uh, have some differences. And I think to myself, oh, he's not being stubborn. It's who he is. And therefore, I'm just going to do a little workaround. And I hope your husband does a little workaround and says, after you say, you know, I'm not through talking about this, I hope he says, Okay, let's talk about it some more. He does. does he? Well, 30 years of marriage, and he's learned to, do, to be able to do that. But it took us years of training <laughs> well, each other. Justin? Yeah, it took us years of training each other. Early on, I won't say that there wasn't ounces of hurt on either side. Yeah, right? and but, the issue is if everybody thinks we're exactly alike, then you are going to blame it on your childhood. It's not always your childhood. Right. So, okay, Dr. Helen Fisher, the, the thank you so much. The, the, the gender... It's not a gender conflict. It actually is a gender evolution. And I think that there really are exciting things happening in the world, but we need to be on the right path and strategize on it constructively and not spend our times destructing and deconstructing what we have. Well done, Sarah. I'm with you. All right. Thank you, Dr. Helen Fisher. Thank you. I'm talking to Dr. Helen Fisher. 
biological anthropologist and one of the foremost experts on gender differences in the brain. Understanding our biological and physiological differences is critical to finding and developing deep, compatible lifetime relationships. Dr. Fisher shares her expertise every day as the Chief Science Officer of Match.com, using her algorithms to help people find their perfect mates. Dr. Fisher shared her matchmaking expertise and her love quiz in our twice-monthly newsletter, Bottom Line Personal. She's just one of the thousands of experts featured in Bottom Line Personal who provide their expert advice to guide readers into action in their own lives. She's in, in addition to Helen's wisdom regarding our most intimate relationships, Bottom Line Personal is filled with actionable advice on all aspects of your life, including living a healthy life, traveling safer and cheaper, how to find the best insurance, retirement planning, smart tax strategies, and even travel to little known destinations. Bottom Line Personal has been helping people lead more informed and vibrant lives for over 40 years with our actionable and double fact-checked advice. Subscribe today and get a free bonus book, Bottom Line's Best Bets, full of some of the greatest tips from our experts of all time. Just go to bottomlineinc.com forward slash BLP. That's bottomlineinc.com forward slash BLP.